Welcome to the Haunted Haulers Podcast, a place where your hosts, Wendy and April, discuss the creepy things that lurk in the misty shadows of the Appalachian Hills. I am, as always, the mysterious voice in the walls. Hey everybody, I'm Wendy. And I'm April. This next tale takes place in Louisville, Kentucky, in an Army training camp. Camp Zachary Taylor was one of 16 national training camps created during World War I. This camp was named after the 12th president, who was also a respected war general. Louisville beat out several other well-known Kentucky cities for the honor of hosting the camp due to its large population, numerous amenities, and railroad connection. The camp was formed in June of 1917. It took 90 days to build the camp at a cost of $9 million, and it housed 40 to 60,000 troops at any given time. Before fighting overseas in European lands, men would travel here first to train. Soldiers who were assigned to the camp were said to write home and describe decent accommodations, hot meals, and even laundry service. The former farmland housed around 2,000 buildings and became its own neighborhood, complete with streets named after former generals. While the camp was an economic asset for those businesses and people surrounding it, it was not without its obstacles. It existed during a time when segregation still had its grasp on most of the country. Although a seemingly equal number of white and black soldiers were fighting across the sea, the white soldiers were benefiting from more creature comforts. In addition, the camp was full of soldiers in the summer of 1918 as the Spanish flu made its way through. Due to the fact that so many people were packed in such tight quarters, the flu was able to run rampant throughout the camp. Several barracks were transformed into hospital units to help the increasing number of sick soldiers. It was stated that some barracks had bodies stacked from floor to ceiling because of the rapid toll of the disease. In the end, 1,500 ended up dying because of the terrible epidemic. In September of 1919, the camp was abandoned by the military. The House Military Affairs Committee cited insufficient acreage as the reason and gave the order to begin the closing. Some of the land reverted back to farmland. Some of the wood from the building was used to build houses for new neighborhoods. Having such a large death toll, Camp Taylor has been made to the top of several haunted Kentucky places. Nearby residents have reported seeing ghostly soldiers wandering the neighborhood. Some have seen soldiers walking in formation across fields and streets. There have also been reports of a blonde woman wearing a blue Victorian era dress wandering the area. now it's time for the breakdown. So this was a short story, but there's a lot to unpack here. And one of the things we need to unpack is the fact that I've lived in this state for 43 years, and I'm learning so much since doing this podcast that I did not know about this state. And one of the things is I had no idea. I had no idea we had Camp Taylor. I'd never heard of it either. (laughs) And another thing I didn't know, I had no idea who our 12th president was. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. Not a history person. (laughs) Well, in your defense, that was like, what, at least five presidents ago? Yeah. So I, think, I, think, I don't think either you or your parents or probably grandparents were able to vote for him. Yeah. So I think it's fine not to know who that is. I, mean, I feel like I should at least have a general knowledge of who our past presidents are, but yeah. I do not. There's been a lot. So, yeah, as I was looking this up and, I, and I'm researching, I had no idea that Louisville was a, a training center for soldiers going over to the war. Hmm. And they would go there first and they would train before they headed overseas to fight in the war. And that that was fascinating to me. 
Now, is this all soldiers? Did all soldiers go to this particular trading camp? So, there were, like, I think 16 different camps. Oh, okay. So, I'm imagining... Whichever one they were closest yes, to. Yes, that's, okay. that's what I'm imagining. Uh, hmm. If you were in a certain radius, mm-hmm. or maybe you were assigned. Like, I know, you know, my, my youngest son's going into the military, and... He, he seems to think there would be a certain one he would be assigned to. Depending, I don't know if it depends on the branch. I don't know if it depends on... I, I don't know anything about it's the probably military. probably branch and geography, like just which area or district or region. That's what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like that's how it was with this. If, if Whatever one you're closest to, that's yeah. the one you would be sent to. So, yeah. Um, so, they built this huge... It was like its own little neighborhood. And let me tell you, to throw all that together in 90 days, that's a pretty bang-up <laughs> job. And and the cost. I but, mean, it, $9 million is a lot of money today. Can you imagine how much money that was in 1917? That was a lot of money. A lot of money to put this together. So, they put all this together, and apparently, you know, it was close to Fort... What was to become Fort Knox, Um so it was it was close to that. So it was a nice, you know, location there. It was close to a railroad that went to both north and south. Um, so it was a pretty nice location to have a training center. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was just a bunch of farmland that they they bought up and and made this. And it was like its own little neighborhood. The streets were named after generals, it said, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then they named it after um, a president who apparently was only president for like a year. Huh. Yeah. Um, he was named, he was voted in as president, and then he was only president for a year, and then I, he died. Well, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm finding out so many inter- interesting facts that I didn't know. Okay, so this was the training center. And not long after, you know, you have all these people packed in, um, the Spanish flu came through. Yeah. So when the Spanish flu came through, it made for like a Petri dish. Um, you have all these people packed in tight quarters, um, germs coming through, and a lot of people were infected. Yeah. So they took barracks and made them into a makeshift hospital and tried to use the doctors and nurses to treat them. Um, for the most part, you know, a lot of people succumbed to the illness. Yeah. And that, that statistic that you read or that fact that you read that they had bodies stacked from floor to ceiling... That's, that's pretty, a very grim. That's a very grim image. Yes, yes. The fact that they had all of those people that died from the Spanish flu. So yeah, that was very disheartening. And I believe it said the Spanish flu killed more people in that um, little neighborhood community training center than German soldiers did overseas. That's interesting. So uh, you know, the German soldiers killed uh, Americans. Well, so, I thought it was interesting that it said that the the facility housed forty to sixty thousand troops, and if there were that many people there at that time, it's kind of fortuitous that only fifteen hundred died. Right. I mean, it's kind of crazy to say only fifteen hundred right. died, but considering how many were there, that's a very small percentage. That is a small percentage. That is a small percentage. But I guess that was a big number for for a flu, yeah. You know, to come through. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty devastating. Um, so what else can we say about this? Um, well, so you have these soldiers who died of this epidemic. Um, and not long after that, they, they tore it down, citing, um, there wasn't enough acreage. Well, I thought that was interesting too, because it didn't really say how much acreage they had to begin with, but like, if it's big enough to hold 40 to 60,000 people, like, what are they, 
what are they expecting to, to build that's going to be bigger or hold right. more people than that? So I wonder if that was just an excuse. That's what I was wondering, too. Um, was that the real reason, or was that just, just something else? I don't know. But I would love to know if that was really the reason, uh, acreage. But here's the kicker. So you have these buildings that men have died in mm-hmm. from the Spanish flu. And I'm all for reduce, reuse, recycle. You know, I am a, I, I'm big on zero waste. But in this case, I have some doubts. Because they took the wood from these buildings that the men died in from the Spanish flu and repurposed it into houses for people to live in. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, well, I don't know. It, it's not a pl- I mean, it's kind of the same thing as like, okay, I'm going to buy this house where people died yeah. or were murdered. Or, you know, it's like, mm, there's some mixed thoughts about that. I feel like it's got something attached to it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm the, I'm the naysayer here. I'm the doubter. And I'm not, you know, I'm the one who's always debunking things, but I'm still not going to really get into something if it has something attached to it. Yeah. And I, I and I do feel like when people say the land can have things attached to it, or buildings can have things attached to them, I do kind of follow along with that mm-hmm. and and say that maybe that could be. And so you have have a lot of men who have died on this land, so we have that. And now you have actual houses made out of the wood from the buildings they died in. Mm-hmm. So we've got two strikes against us now. Yeah. So some of the things they say that they've seen in this neighborhood are um, soldiers marching around in formation. So it's kind of like that residual, um, what they've always been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they carry on their day-to-day task and activity. Another thing they've seen, and I'm not sure where this comes into play, is the woman in the blue dress. That was my question. Like, if this camp wasn't even created until, what, 1917? Mm-hmm. It wasn't in in use for very long. So why do we have a Victorian-era that doesn't woman wandering around? I, I don't understand that. Hmm. I don't understand that. And what, what, what was her purpose? I could see if like, it was a woman dressed as a nurse. Because maybe she was helping out with the sick patients. Yeah. That would make sense to me. But why is there just a random woman in a blue dress in the wrong time period? Um, uh, just know. wandering around. Hmm. Okay, so as I'm researching, I found a pretty interesting story that ties into this. Okay. So it didn't happen at Camp Taylor, but it has to do with Camp Taylor. Okay, and it has to do with another story called The Lady of the Stairs. And this takes place at the First Church of Christ Scientist. Um, yeah, in Louisville. Hmm. And so, apparently, there's been these sightings of this woman in white pacing back and forth on these church stairs. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a story that goes along with it. So, this woman, when she was alive, her name was Miss G. And she was from a prominent local family. Um, I believe she was from Bourbon. And... She graduated from high school in 1918, and she's ready to get married. Well, her family had picked out her partner that she was going to marry. Um, He was from a prominent distillery family, and they decided, this is who you're going to marry. We've decided. She didn't want to marry him. One, because he's too old. Mm -hmm. Two, she's already in love. Oh. She had fallen in love with a soldier. Okay. So the soldier had been overseas fighting in Belgium. They had met each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, But he was off overseas fighting in Belgium. Okay. 
Well, he got discharged from the army. He finished his, you know, his service. He was discharged. He loved her so much that he was going to re-enlist because he knew that when he re-enlisted, he would be sent back to Camp Taylor. Okay. Which, okay, which I, I get ahead of myself. In order to keep her from this soldier, mm-hmm. her parents sent her to Louisville to live with an aunt and uncle. Okay. So they couldn't be near each other. Well, but if he goes to yes, Camp Taylor... Yes, but he okay. knew that if he went to Camp Taylor, which is where he knew he would go... That right. is some three-dimensional chest. <laughs> there. That's really impressive. They really thought this out. He knew that if he went to Camp Taylor, they would be just minutes from each other. So, um, that's exactly what happened. He mm-hmm. re-enlisted, got sent to Camp Taylor. So she would tell her aunt and uncle, I'm going to go meet some friends. Mm-hmm. Well, her and her soldier would meet up at an ice cream parlor. Yeah, teenagers haven't changed all that much. <laughs> no, they really have you know, 100 years. Except now we have Live 360. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Live 360, because now I know where my child's at at all times. And so she'd be like, I'm just going to go meet some friends at the ice cream parlor. Mm-hmm. But they just did this for several weeks. As they were doing this, they came up with a plan to elope. They're going to go to Chicago where he has family. Makes sense. They're going to get married. They're going to stay the night there. And then they're going to break the news to her family. Hey, we're married and there's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. now. Um, sorry. So that was the plan. Good plan. Except there's a problem. She shows up to the ice cream parlor. And, you know, their friends know about it. Mm-hmm. The ice cream parlor, the, the workers there know about it. Um, she shows up with her suitcase um, but he's not there. Hmm. And so she's, she's upset. So she goes over to the church. Thinking maybe he's going to meet her there. Goes to the church, paces back and forth. He doesn't show. She's heartbroken, you know. And so the next evening, sun sets. She's back at the church, pacing back and forth. In the meantime, he's at Camp Taylor. He had come down with the Spanish flu. Oh, so he's delirious, and mm-hmm. he's telling people, my girlfriend, but they don't know what he's talking about. Right. They don't know because that Because it's had to be a secret. Yes. And they don't know that she's waiting for him on those steps. Mm-hmm. And so she's devastated, walking back and forth, waiting for him, and people are like, she looked paler, she looked like, you know, she was run down. And, you know, one would think she's just upset, waiting for this man and wondering where he is, that he stood her up. Right. Left her at the altar, basically. E- exactly. So, you know, another night she's there. Um, so it was like just a few days later, she herself passed away. Mm-hmm. She had the flu as well. Figures. Yeah, because, you know, they've been together for several weeks. Right. So both of them passed away from the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. And she is now said to be haunting these steps, pacing back and forth, waiting for her soldier to come so they can go elope and get married. Is that not the saddest story? It's a you've whole ever new heard? twist on the idea of getting ghosted. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're heartless. You're heartless. Here I am in Ooh. tears thinking this is the saddest story I've ever heard. Hey, that's a fun role reversal right now because usually it's the other way around. I know. Usually I'm the cynic and you're the emotional one. I don't know what's wrong with me today. But, yeah, I just think that's the saddest story I've ever heard. It really is. She's waiting on her true love, and he's not showing, and she's like, what did I do wrong? Why is he not showing? He has the Spanish flu. He can't get out of bed. Right. And she doesn't know it. And And then. He can't get communication to her. 
And then she dies because she mm-hmm. has the Spanish flu. I mean, I guess on one, on one hand, she's put out of her misery and not wondering where he is. I mean... She doesn't have to marry some old dude that her parents picked for. This is true. This is true. So, there you go. There's a, a story within a story that ties into our Camp Taylor. Yeah. So, it's fascinating. And who knew Louisville had such a rich history? Yeah, I think that we're going to be dipping our toes into lots of stories there as time goes on. I believe we are, yes. And I believe we're going to have to make a trip to Louisville. Yes. I mean, this feels like it could be like a whole week trip to Louisville because oh, yeah. there's so many things to see there and so many things to investigate. Mm-hmm. I do want to go back and touch on, I think you mentioned that there were apparitions of soldiers doing maneuvers. Yeah, like they're, I, they're in formation. I feel really bad for those spirits, like just, <laughs> just stuck, <laughs> stuck doing drill. The whole like that. Oh, that's got to be terrible. Could you imagine that your your afterlife is you having that residual effect of just being in formation? Mm. Or you know what that means for us, though? We're going to be in the classroom. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. no. No, thank you. We're going to be in front of a marker board teaching for the rest of our lives. Mm-mm. So Nope, I'll be at the gym or at a library. <laughs> we'll, we'll be like that ghost in Harry Potter that died, but his spirit just kept on teaching his classes as yeah. if nothing had happened. That's going like to be us. That's going to be us one day. Well, if you have been to Camp Taylor or the area that it used to be Camp Taylor... Or you have been to this church in Louisville and you have seen anything uh, strange or anything that you would like to talk about, please let us know because we would love to hear about your encounter. You can contact us on Facebook and Instagram at Haunted Haulers. You can also send us an email at hauntedhaulers at gmail.com. And we also have a webpage, www.hauntedhaulers.com. Until next time, listeners, beware of things lurking in the shadows.